Welcome to the As You Go Women's Podcast, part of the Rolling Hills Community Church Podcast Network, where you can find other great resources such as Making History Parenting Podcast, Men's Leadership Network, Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast, and more. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 4 of As You Go, a podcast meant to encourage and disciple women who are daily trying to follow Jesus while balancing all of the things in their lives like work, family, friendships, mental and physical health, and more. I'm Kathy, hosting alongside Kendall. Today, we are joined by Mary Catherine Hunt, dear friend and Rolling Hills partner. Thank you for being with us today. Absolutely. So I was going to start by giving um, a little bit of insight into what you do, but I thought I'd let you share that. So will you tell our listeners just a little bit about who you are, what you do, um, all the things that make Mary Catherine, Mary Catherine? Well, I'll do my best, um, but I am the executive director for Justice and Mercy International, which is Rolling Hills started uh, JMI at the beginning, basically, of being a church. So um, it's our missions organization, and we work primarily in the Amazon region of Brazil and in Moldova, which is in Eastern Europe. And I uh, was a Rolling Hills partner um, right from the beginning. I, I actually worked with Jeff's wife, Lisa, at Lifeway, and she invited me to come to a Bible study that turned into Rolling Hills. And gosh, that was in 2003, I wow. think. That's crazy. And, yeah, isn't that crazy? <laughs> and so I just, I love our church. I love that we are a missional mm-hmm. church. And the first year that we existed as a, as a church, we had like 40 people in the church and we were invited by a guy named Steve Davis, who some people uh, may know. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he was working for another organization at the time in Texas. And he invited Jeff to bring a team and go to Moldova. And our first question was, well, where, where's Moldova? <laughs> We've never heard of this place. And, um, and then we were like, well, there's not very many of us, but I think we ended up taking 17 people on that first trip wow. out of 40. Wow. That's um, awesome. Isn't that great? So cool. So my background is I worked for many years, 20 years at Lifeway uh, Christian Resources and did a variety of jobs there, a lot of marketing. And that was my last position there. I was the uh, VP of marketing for Robin and Holman, which is the book and Bible publishing side of Lifeway at that time. And um, then a lot of things happened that uh, God arranged for me to be called really to do what I'm Mm -hmm. doing now and to help lead the work of JMI. So thankful. So thankful that (laughs) you did and that you're here. Yeah. So obviously there's been like, even since Rolling Hills started and JMI started, there's been so much growth and, and changes and, and especially over the last, you know, a couple of years, there's been a lot of growth with y'all, but there's also been a lot of challenges just Mm -hmm. globally. Um, how has that been like for you personally and for JMI as you've walked through the past two years of a global pandemic? Yeah, it was very scary going into the pandemic. We do mission trips, so we take groups to go to both Eastern Europe, to Moldova, and to Brazil. Mm-hmm. And that is not what we do. It's part of what we do. It's not who we are. Maybe that's right. the better way to say yeah. it. So who we are as an organization, and this was what we was our going in kind of uh, proposition that we wanted to be about, was about raising up local indigenous people on the ground yep. 
to do work. So the first time I ever went was on a mission trip with Rolling Hills, and there was no organization really on the ground. We were working with a, a small little nonprofit there. But we would go every year back and forth, you know, several times and had impact, you know, mm -hmm. met kids, would go to the same places, that whole idea of a long obedience right. in the same direction. Mm -hmm. um, but what we soon discovered is going once or twice a year for a week, you, you just can't continue the momentum that you have with the kids that you're working with on the ground. Yeah. So we started way back having indigenous Moldovans on the ground and now Brazilians in the Amazon. And so that means that we go and the trips that we take are helpful, but they're, they're supplemental to what's happening all year long. So there's, right. there's ministry happening 365 days out of the year. So when the pandemic hit, we knew it was going to interrupt our travel. Mm -hmm. uh, what we didn't count on is, was how widespread it was going to be even on the ground in the places. So it's not just keeping the Americans from coming, but there were uh, legal things in place where our teams weren't supposed to go out, weren't supposed to leave their houses. Yeah. Um, kids who were living in our transitional living homes had to go back to the places mm -hmm. that they came from because we were considered like a school. Uh, so it was it was really I remember March of you know 2020 March April of 2020 was it was really it was scary mm -hmm. and just the unknown and not being sure what was going to happen. But God, <laughs> that's that's been my refrain for the last two years. Uh, God knew well ahead what we were going to need. Mm -hmm. And I believe that is why partially we have the the strategy and and the the network on the ground in both places. Mm -hmm. So uh, those things began to come into play. Even when things were shut down, our people found a way, you know, with the resources that we were able to provide to get food, medicine, um, just help. They were calling in Moldova, our, our people who work with our over 700, 800 sponsored kids there, they were calling every family and finding out how they were, what they were, wow. you know, what their circumstances were. We began to get permission both in Brazil and in Moldova to deliver food. Mm. Um, so we didn't have resources for that, you know, and I, I remember as a staff, the JMI staff sitting down together and saying, our people are hungry. That's the, that's the word that we got back. Not only were they sick and afraid because of COVID, but they were, they were starving because yeah. they didn't, they couldn't work. Uh, you know, they couldn't, they couldn't even farm, you know, in most instances, they weren't allowed out of their houses. So, you know, we began to say, we don't have the resources, but we feel like God is saying go. And mm -hmm. so we said, okay, we're going to start with $10,000 and we're just going to say, feed the people. Yeah. And then we started putting the word out and you guys, the Lord blew me away in what he did yeah. and the, the amount of resources that came in far exceeded anything. I mean, we're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah. in food relief, yeah. in medicine, in the Amazon where they had no oxygen, mm -hmm. in a place where they needed oxygen. It's the lungs of the world couldn't get oxygen to yeah. give to people who not only had COVID, but special needs kids. It was just nothing. So we flew in oxygen tanks and we mobilized volunteers on the ground in Manaus to stand in line at the one place that they could refill oxygen tanks. And we have stories of oxygen tanks that were on empty that didn't run out that's until amazing. we were able to get another one there. So, that's amazing. But God. But yeah, God. That's amazing. <laughs> I mean, it truly is like in moments like that where you just realize like, 
God did miracles back then in the Old Testament and, and while he, Jesus was on the earth, but I think sometimes we forget like God can still do those things today, especially in times when it feels really hard and like nothing can come in and help. But God, like God can. And Absolutely, that's, yeah. He does. Yeah. And He and I think a lot of times in our culture we don't know our need, so we don't go to Him because we have so many things around us. Right. We have so many resources, and so we we have a false view of how needy we actually are. Yep. But mm-hmm. then you go to other places where all that's stripped away, and I hear miracles happening. Oh yeah. All the time. Oh yeah. You know because they they're petitioning God because right. He's the only one that can the only one yeah provide yeah. I think that's such a beautiful lesson for all of us um, is just like that complete dependence Mm -hmm. on the Lord, Mm -hmm. even when we have so much. Um, So through all of that, um, just experiencing God in that way, what did he teach you through that? Just personally in JMI, like what did that um, teach you during that time? He taught me to trust him in a different way, a deeper way. I remember, again, just having nothing uh, as far as resources that were dedicated to do this and just stepping out one step Mm -hmm. and then God saying, yes, this is what I'm calling you to do. This is the way I'm telling you to go. You walk in it and I'm going to provide. And he did that. And he did that in crazy ways. We had a we ended up having some of our videos on TBN, which when they asked if they could use our videos for this documentary documentary they were doing that was about the spread of Christianity over mm-hmm. all these different regions of the world, somehow they came across some of our stories and they wanted to use them. And I was like, okay, I mean, sure. You know, this right. was in probably the fall of 2019. It's like, okay. And so we did a couple little promos and gave them the videos and they were putting them out. Well, in the spring of 2020, Mm -hmm. right as we had applied for PPP loan and not gotten the first round. And I know that my hope is not in government funding. Mm -hmm. My hope is not in all these things. But when everybody around you is getting it and you don't know what's going to happen, you you apply and then you're really disappointed when you don't get that, right? And I remember being in the grocery store and being told by our banker, hey, we couldn't get it this time and just breaking down in tears, but then going home and knowing, okay, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. I mean, I really, I know that my trust is has to be in the Lord and mm-hmm. that He's going to provide for these people. I get home from the grocery store and there's something in my inbox because we're all working from home. You know, mm-hmm. we're, there's no office at this point because we're in that, in that lockdown period. And there was a lady who had seen our videos about our work in Moldova uh, from TBN. She mm-hmm. watches TBN. And she said, tell me what your top like three or four needs are. And, you know, I'm just like down. I'm so sad. You know, I'm like, oh, okay. You know, and I, cause yeah. I don't know. I mean, she may give a $50 gift or she may give, and it, you know, it, but I was like, the, the Lord has brought this lady. I'm going to tell her. So yeah. I gave her like maybe three of our top things. Cause we had just done our budget for the year mm-hmm. uh, for the Amazon and, and three things in Moldova. And it was like finishing out, we were buying vans for our sponsorship team in Moldova and it was building school libraries in the Amazon. And I just gave her all those things and told her what each one cost. Mm-hmm. And she was like, this is great. I'm going to pray over it. I'm going to pray and I'm going to send a check. And I was like, okay. 
So I told the uh, girl who's working in the office that was the only one going to the office, I'm like, just keep an eye out. This right. check comes from this specific person. Let me know. And about a week later, she calls me and she says, well, we got the check. And, and I love this girl. She, she's so, uh, she's just really laid back and she doesn't, you know, she doesn't have a ton of like, she's emotion, you know, <laughs> when she's talking to you about something big like that, yeah. she's just like, well, we got the check. And I was like, okay, great. Tell me how much it was I was driving. I was actually coming out to the church and yeah. uh, I was like, how, well, well, what was it? And she said, well, um, it was $43,000. Oh, okay. That's wild. It was every single thing I had written on the list. Oh, that is wild. She added it up and sent the check. Wow. And I was like, okay, Lord. Lord provides. Yeah. That is amazing. He knows what he's going to do. The Lord provides. So you mentioned you spent many years um, in marketing, Lifeway. When did your love, your passion for missions begin? It's a great question. I started doing missions, just national missions, when I was in college. That was the first opportunity that I had. I was part of the mm-hmm. Baptist Student Union, and you know we would do spring break trips, and I loved it, and that piqued my interest. And um, I felt called pretty early to some sort of uh, ministry. Mm-hmm. And a- after I graduated from college, I actually worked a camp called Centrifuge. Mm-hmm. And uh, God really changed my life at that camp as a leader, uh, just seeing what was happening in the local church and also seeing what was happening in church kids. So yeah. I-, I felt like I wanted to know more about how to help them. And so I actually went to seminary for two years after college. But I didn't really have a specific calling, you know, and I was just right. like, I'm not sure, Lord, what you want. And I finished two years of that. And then I moved home and took what I thought was going to be a temporary job at Lifeway. And uh, temporary turned into a 20-year career. <laughs> and Lifeway is very much ministry. Yeah, you know, it was absolutely. very much about I helped develop vacation Bible school curriculum. Yeah. And I know that I won't know the impact of some of that right. work that yeah. I did there you know, this side of heaven. Mm-hmm. But while I was doing that kind of ministry work is when I started here at Rolling Hills and helped mm-hmm. start the church. And then when I went on my first mission trip to Moldova, it was in 2004, I fell absolutely in love. Yeah. Uh, we were working with true orphans at that point who had no one. And God just gave me a heart for the orphan mm-hmm. and for the widow. And I think that's where it really started for me. And then, so I started going every year, just going back to the same places, doing these mission trips. And then in 2008, I was invited by a friend to go on a mission trip to the Amazon. Mm. And that uh, captured me in a similar, but totally different way, because it's just a different, uh, it's a different place. And it's a different, I saw the Lord in a different way. Uh, there in the vastness of it mm-hmm. and in his creation and in the faces of the people. And um, I began to sense a calling that I just knew that I wanted to do this. So I, I led trips and I did, uh, you know, I just helped recruit people to go on mission trips. But I'm still working my full time job at Lifeway at that point. Yeah. So when I really felt called to come and work full-time for JMI. It's a long story. I won't go into it all today, but the friend that invited me into that work was a man named John Paculabo, and he was a, um, he, he ran a, a, a worship label in the UK, and it's called um, Kingsway Music, which is now Integrity. Mm-hmm. It's been bought out by, by Integrity, but 
he invited me and my friend Kelly Minter to go to the Amazon. And so we worked side by side with him for many years. He did all the fundraising uh, for it and, and we helped him as much as we could. Well, we found out in 2012 that he was diagnosed with stomach cancer. Mm -hmm. And about the same time, my dad was diagnosed with a really rare form of cancer as well. So that summer of 2012, two men that meant a lot to me who were yeah. both my dad and then John, who was uh, about my dad's age, uh, who was a very close, close friend of mine. Um, and God began to use that too, because uh, I watched how John lived out his last days and how committed he was to the ministry that he was running. And uh, we started talking to him about, I was on the board of directors for JMI at the time. And we started talking to John about, he, he came to us and said, hey, maybe you can take some of these things that we've been doing in the Amazon and it can live under Justice and Mercy International. Yeah. Well, Jeff Simmons, who's the pastor of Rolling Hills and, and a dear friend of mine, um, and he was the president of JMI's board, he looked at me and he's like, this, right. this doubles, <laughs> this doubles it, you know, yeah. and we're going to have to have more help yeah. because we were just focused on Moldova at that time. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I started feeling that pressure <laughs> and calling <laughs> that maybe this was what God wanted for me, but it was a big, it was a big adjustment for me. Yeah. It was a big uh, change to go from a corporate life way right. path to this small mm -hmm. nonprofit. And it, it, you know, I had to come to peace with certain things and decide that I, if I could do it or not. And I'm telling you is the best decision I ever made. Mm -hmm. And I gave up some things, but sure. what I gained, it can't compare, you know, yeah. to see what God has done yeah. in the nine years since I said yes, uh, I would have, I, he could have still done all of that without me, mm -hmm. but I would have missed my front row seat. Oh yeah. Yeah. It yeah. is incredible just hearing the journey of JMI, the way that it started and, and where it is now, even through the challenge. I mean, even through right. the challenges, just he grew us even in the middle of that. Right. I mean, in a lockdown where we thought we yeah. were going to go backwards, he rallied people mm -hmm. to the cause. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. So share with us. So last two years, challenges, um, what's the, where are we right now with in Moldova and in the Amazon? Right now, my biggest concern in Moldova is what's happening with Russia yeah. and the Ukraine, and we're gathering information. Um, Moldova sits right between the Ukraine mm -hmm. and Romania. It's a very small, uh, former Soviet Union country, very uh, poor, doesn't have an economy that really works, and it, it, we're just always afraid. There's a lot of Russian influence there. Mm -hmm. It is a republic. So we're watching that very carefully mm -hmm. right now. Not mm -hmm. sure if we're going to be able to take teams um, any time in the near future. We're kind of watching, but just calling people to pray yeah. Yeah. because I feel like God has done incredible work in the last 20 years in Moldova and uh, the church is growing in Moldova. Our kids uh, that we have raised basically are, you know, fine young men and women and have their families. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of really good things that are happening in Moldova. And we do not want that to, to stop because yeah. of this political unrest. So mm -hmm. calling people to prayer. COVID seems to be okay there. I mean, it's mm -hmm. like everywhere it, they have the Omicron 
you know, spike and, and then things go back down. It seems like it's okay. Um, in the Amazon, they have totally been, it's, it's in a much better place, but they were totally decimated uh, in the region of the country where we work in Brazil by COVID. Mm-hmm. And we just returned, and Kathy <laughs> was just with me from a pastor's conference, and we, it was our first gathering with jungle pastors in two years. And the amount of grief mm-hmm. that they were still dealing with, because many of them, almost everybody there lost family members, friends, yeah. co-laborers, you know, in the gospel. And we're, we're having to move through that grief. And right. it, it's better. Uh, COVID is much better there now. They're having, they're, a lot of people are testing positive like they have been here, but it's been the much milder cases. Mm-hmm. But there's PTSD, mm-hmm. honestly, yeah. Yeah. probably more there than in Moldova. I mean, Moldova had bad COVID, but it wasn't the same as what happened in the state of Amazonas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So um, as Mary Catherine mentioned, we just came back from that Jungle Pastors Conference and People still ask me what that was like, and the only thing I can come up with is incredible and amazing, <laughs> and that I definitely received more than I feel like I gave, um, just being able to do life with incredible men and women yeah. of the Lord who were truly in every aspect, the hands and feet of Jesus um, in the toughest, most challenging times. So Mary Catherine and I um, were able to just to have a little chat there in the Amazon. Um, So take a listen. Mary Catherine and I are here in the Amazon for the Jungle Pastors Conference. Mary Catherine, what have you seen God do this week? It's been amazing to be back because it was February 2020 was the last time that we were able to be here for one of our Jungle Pastors Conferences. And so many of them lost people in their congregation. I talked to one pastor that knew over 100 people that had died of COVID. I've talked to people who have lost children, who've lost parents. Um, So there's a lot of grief here this week, but there's also a lot of joy at being able to be back together. And one of the things I've talked with several people on our team about is just after a decade of investing in the lives of these pastors, that we are actually seeing incredible growth and incredible life change, but also just deeper discipleship and their churches and their communities being transformed and to hear those stories, the miracles that God is doing and how he's really taking the knowledge that we've been able to bring uh, to the middle of the jungle and just give to them and serve it up to them. And then they're going back and they're changing lives and they are taking the gospel literally to the ends of the earth. Kathy, it was so great to be with you in Amazon. It, it was incredible to see you get to use your gifts with counseling as we came out of so much grief and hardship over COVID, and they had such needs, and you and mm-hmm. Scott were able to really meet them in that place and be a place of healing. So thank you for letting God use you in that way. And, you know, I was reminded, as even as we listened to that clip, of how many pastors we have on the ground, uh, mm-hmm. these jungle pastors that are scattered all over the state of Amazonas. Mm-hmm. And there's 62 municipalities in that state. And I believe we had 
a presence in about 60 of the 62, somebody that we knew. So when all this was happening, we could call and we could, they were our eyes and ears on the ground to tell us what their people needed. Mm -hmm. And they were that in between. And we were able to help get the resources to them for them to deliver that help and that hope to their own people. Mm -hmm. And this Jungle Pastors Conference, what what do you think it meant for them to be able to come for those five days? I don't think we can underestimate how important it was after two years, because we had not had this in two years. Uh, Our last time that we were there was uh, February of 2020, and then we came home and everything shut down. Mm -hmm. And so they've been alone, Mm -hmm. scattered, not able to share with one another. And I had several people just thank us for having the courage to go mm-hmm. and to do it. And we did a much smaller version this time than we normally do. There are many times we'll have 120 participants at these pastors' mm-hmm. conferences, pastors and pastors' wives and missionaries. This time we had about 32. Mm-hmm. And we we did that on purpose to keep it small, but so that we could begin again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a new beginning, and it was a gathering to help them really heal and, and go on and, and be encouraged so that they could go on. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's the beginning of a new beginning. And so we'll have, Lord willing, another one in July. And then hopefully we'll be back on course. We were scheduled to go to three and eventually we want to have five of these a year, Mm -hmm. reaching different pastors so that we continue to grow that network and really see the Great Commission accomplished in that state. Yeah. Yeah. I know personally, just being able to witness, hear their stories being able to witness, they were so excited when they got off that boat when they arrived, mm-hmm. but they were so heavy, just weighed down with the past two years, all that they had seen, all that they experienced, and to see what God did in their lives over that week, and just to, not that they're on the other side of healing completely, but just to see the the healing process that the Lord brought them through throughout that week. It's like I saw a literal lifting of their heads. Yes, mm-hmm. So yes. It, everything was, I mean, we were happy to see each other. There was a lot of tears and, you know, joy at seeing mm-hmm. each other. But it was just muted at the mm-hmm, beginning of the yeah. week because they were carrying a lot of heavy burdens. And then I just saw worship throughout the week just begin to just go up, oh, you know, as awesome. people were yeah. releasing some of those burdens. And so I think, yeah, it was really, really important. And I want to do mm-hmm. it with the next group and the next group because not everybody was able to be there mm-hmm. then, but it was yeah. the beginning. Yeah. yeah. For our women who are listening, you know, we, get, we can share these stories and um, and they're so impactful. And, and I hope that they touch the hearts of all of our listeners. What? Why is it so important for us, no matter where we are. But I would say for us in Williamson County or Davidson County to understand the importance of being on mission. Well, I think we have a lot of resources here in Williamson County and Davidson County. And I believe that for those who much have been given, there's much required. And Mm -hmm. I think that the Lord has an assignment for us, uh, an assignment of generosity so that we don't just do the things that we want to do for ourselves and our families, which that's important, Mm -hmm. but that we see, I think it's important for us to realize that we've been blessed to be a blessing. And I think that we, it's sometimes we can forget that. I can forget Mm -hmm. that in my daily life. I mean, I go and I'm in the middle of the jungle 
and I get it, or I'm in the middle of, you know, Moldova in a really poor rural village. But then I come home, and it's it's funny how quickly you get kind of immersed back into right. your culture and, and your standard of living. Yeah. But I would just say look for those small ways that you can be on mission here, you know, by giving, you know, sponsor a child, mm-hmm. sponsor a pastor, right. pray, you know, set aside resources that can be used for feeding a family. Like if you feel like you have plenty, you know, give so a family in Moldova can have what they need for six months as they're recovering right. from, you know, not being able to work because of COVID. Uh, so those are some of the things that I think that we, we can do from home, yeah. you know, prayer, giving, sponsoring. Yep planning to go, you know, one day when, mm-hmm. when we're back fully in mission trip, I, I would say that changed my life, yeah. mm-hmm. it changed my life to see God working in a con- completely different context and yeah. to see, just help me see different sides of his character and yeah. his, just who he is. Yeah. And so I would say everybody that can should go yeah. at some point. Yeah. It can really be like a formative thing for your faith, like just boots on the ground seeing the full scope of like who God loves, you know, because we get so, like you said, like in our own little worlds, we have our own communities of people, our jobs, our cars, or all these things that like we forget the full scope of like God loves all these people, you know, and it's Absolutely. hard sometimes and to remember. I've been in places too where I'm overwhelmed by the need. And I've been in the middle of the Amazon and just seeing all the hardship around me and the yeah. poverty and, and the joy in the middle of it, too. Yes. I mean, they're very joyful people. But, you know, I have a friend named Clarinha who has uh, cerebral palsy. She's in her 40s, and she's never been out of a hammock mm-hmm. in the middle of this little hut in this little place that's not too far from our center. And I get overwhelmed by that, yeah. you know. But I, what the, the one lesson that God continues to teach me over and over and over, because mm-hmm. I'm a slow learner. <laughs> me too. <but> <laughs> is that he only is assigning me to care for the one that he's put in front of me today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when it's Clarinia, I'm going to give it everything I have mm-hmm. for yeah. her. When it's Pastor Cosme, I'm going to do everything I can for Pastor Cosme that day because he's the one that's there. When it's Tudor in the, in Moldova or mm-hmm. or Stella in Moldova or one of the number of kids that I love so much there, I'm going to take care of them in that that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's not just when we're in another country. Yeah. You know, it's it can be for you here at home, mm-hmm. like going out and going to these places that are very different. Gave me eyes to see when I came home. Yeah, you know, I I need to think about my neighbor yep. next door and what she needs, and the person in the grocery store. I mean, we can have that kind of ministry here, where we're caring for the one that God puts in front of us today. Totally, absolutely. Totally. I love that. Um, I know a lot of people listening probably maybe didn't realize the full scope of what JMI did, or um, maybe they are feeling prompted to pray for your. Um, for JMI for the first time, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some ways that we can be praying for JMI and the people in Moldova and in the Amazon? I would really ask people right now, like I said earlier, to pray specifically over the political unrest that's mm-hmm. happening in and around the Ukraine, because that's right next door to Moldova. So praying that God would protect, but just put a hedge of protection around yeah. Moldova. Pray for Alina 
and our staff on the ground there. We have a team of 40 people who work for us in Moldova right now, including our four transitional living homes, soon to hopefully be six transitional living mm-hmm. homes. Pray for wisdom, even in that for us. Right. Uh, is, you know, we're holding on buying property at, at, while we see how things are, are going politically, and we're probably going to rent some, some space for a while there. Um, pray for our kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we have over, we have 800 kids sponsored, plus mm-hmm. we have another 54 that live in our homes, uh, plus priority needs and special needs kids. Right. So pray yeah. for protection over all of them mm-hmm. as we're in this season of, of uncertainty. Yeah. In the Amazon, I would say pray for uh, recovery from COVID. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So their economy is really hard right now, and it's everything's very expensive, and uh, their currency is, is devalued, and, and it's a very hard time. So pray for our pastors mm-hmm. that they will know that they are loved and cared for. These are very simple people who don't have a lot, but they've given every single thing that they have to take the good news of Jesus mm-hmm. deeper into the jungle. Mm-hmm. So yeah. just praying that God will provide for them and pray for us as we look for ways to continue to equip them in different ways. We're, we're, we're going to the western part of the Amazon for the first time with some training this year. Uh, we want to keep gathering them together. So I, I'd say just pray that the gospel will not be stopped there, right. you know, that it mm-hmm. won't be impeded and it'll, it'll go forward and yeah. that people will have what they need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, thank you um, just so much for talking to us today. Um, I think it's always so wonderful to hear about um, just this work because it's such a beautiful gospel centered missional thing. And it's just so beautiful to hear about mm-hmm. Um, just the pastors' conferences and hearing Kathy talk about um, just the the hurt that they feel, but then the lightness that can come when they're just around their community again. And even in those homes um, with the kids in Moldova, like God just totally has their hands on has His hands on them, and that is so obvious through the work that He's doing through you guys. So um, as we wrap up, I'd love to pray for us, um, and then yeah, let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you um, just so much for JMI. Um, Thank you that you um, placed a calling there um, and that you um, equipped and um, brought these people that love this ministry just so much. God, I thank you for Mary Catherine and all the work that she's putting in um, to just do your work, God, to to, um, live out that calling of the Great Commission. Um, And God, I pray for her staff team um, here um, in Nashville. God, I just pray that you would bless them, their families. Um, Would you keep them safe and give them so much wisdom as they are uh, discerning what to do with this ministry and with these um, two places that you've placed so closely on their heart, God. And I pray for... um, God, the people in Moldova, the staff team in Moldova, God, would you please just be with them? God, I know that it's just so scary um, and so uncertain right now, God, but would you just um, come and give them a supernatural peace knowing that um, you hold all authority, God, that the government is resting on your shoulders, God, and that they can have full um, trust and faith in you, Father. And I pray for those kids, God, in those transitional living homes and the kids that um, 
are being sponsored, God. Would you please be with them, God? Uh, Protect them, protect their little lives, God. And I pray that they um, just come to know you in such a wonderful, deep, rich way um, through this ministry and and through the work um, surrounding it, God. And I pray also for the work that's happening in the Amazon. And I pray for those pastors, God, that are doing um, just your work there, um, boots on the ground, God, just living it out in in a really, really tough way. kind of circumstance over the past two years. God, I can't even imagine the isolation, the fear, the just deep sadness that they must um, have experienced over the past two years. God, um, would you please be with them in their communities of believers and and the people that they're leading? God, I just pray that you would um, give them messages, um, give them insight into all that you are doing. God, I pray that they... um, just feel so much joy that only you can give. And I pray for the conferences that happen there, God. I just pray that they continue to be a really restorative and renewing time for all of them. Uh, God, again, I just um, pray for the JMI team. God, please just be with them. And I pray for anyone listening who might feel the nudge, Lord, to get involved, um, to um, sponsor a child, to give, to go. God, would you please just um, nurture that and water that like you do um, and allow those people to come and ask questions and and not forget, God, that nudge of of what you're working on in their heart, Lord. Um, I just thank you for this time and this conversation today. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Mary Catherine, thank you for sharing your journey, sharing with us all that God is doing in Moldova and the Amazon and just through JMI and JMA um, and reminding us today to have eyes and hearts that see the person right in front of us that we may love and serve. Ladies, thank you for listening to As You Go. If you haven't already, please be sure to subscribe and share with your friends. Have a great day.